Welcome back to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG video game titled Avowed. We're not affiliated with Obsidian in any professional way, but we'd gladly call them an Uber and pay for their ride home. My name is Sora, and I'll be your host for today as we talk about romance and role-playing games, um, our experiences, a little bit on the history of it, and we're also going to touch on what kind of romance options were available in Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2. While looking forward, we'll talk about what kind of romance we want to see in Avowed. You gonna kiss me now, Watcher? Cause if you were, I guess I might not complain. Alright, welcome to the Vowcast. Today we're gonna be talking about some of our experiences with romance in video games. And we're gonna talk specifically at the end more about what we expect to see in Avowed and from Obsidian as far as romance um, and what, how they might define it and how we might in, engage with that kind of uh, subject matter in the games. Um, we have with us today a few people who've joined us, so I'm just going to shout you out and tell me what you've been up to or games you've been playing. Uh, Gingerino, thanks for joining us. How you been? I've been good, man. Thanks for having me. So um, what are you playing? Uh, what I've been playing, actually, uh, me and my brother jumped back into Fallout 76. Uh, we started playing that the day it launched, and it was as awful as people remember it being, but it was just something for me and my brother to do. Uh, when we had time together. So honestly, I had a pleasant experience back then playing it with them, and I'm glad to be able to jump back online with them. Very cool. So you're 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 fully immersed in that right now? You feel like it sucked you in? I wouldn't say it sucked me in. It's mostly just something for he and I to play online. But I will say that, just like a lot of other people, the having the NPCs added into the game give it its Fallout flavor back a little more. At least that was what it was for me. Like having just nobody to interact with or weird characters to run into is just what took it away from me at launch. Yeah, I've I've yet to give it a fair shake. I'll be honest with you. I've uh, I want to. I kind of want to try it. I do like the Fallout universe. Um, uh, but I was hesitant at the beginning, and then after the backlash, I was like, nah, not going to do that. So who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it another try. Um, there's so many choices out there. It's hard. Yeah, it's definitely just mostly the sentimental value for me and my brother because it's a game world that we're familiar with, and it's just a it's fun to be able to talk to each other uh, rather than just visit at work because we work at the same place. Is it pretty populated? Like, do you feel like it has a big community that's active? I do know that there is quite an active community for it. I mean, I know a lot of people dropped off of it, but there are people who are dedicated to it. I'm seeing like you know, levels that are in the hundreds when I log onto a server and I'm at level 48, this tiny puny little thing. Whoa, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it's good to have that. That's my favorite thing about gaming is, is especially bonding with family or friends, something you can do together with those, either an MMO or co-op. I love that type of gaming. That's probably my, one of my favorites. Especially in a game that Bethesda makes and there's some weird bug in it and one of us just goes, hey, hey, quick, come over here. You got to see how stupid this is. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So Kiwi, what have you you been up to? I know you were doing a lot of reading. Have you jumped back into gaming a little bit? Well, actually, I've continued reading, and actually, last time when I told I was playing, I actually forgot that I actually do play. I read classic WoW once a week. Wow, uh, literally, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome! Because I'm a huge yeah. classic WoW fan, by the way. Um, huge, enormous. Yeah. 
Um, so what are you what are you playing like on on that? Do you just have a, a, a array of characters? Or are you sticking with one? I'm sticking with one. I have a restoration druid, and I raid Naxxramas once a week. So I'm, I'm basically raid logging. So uh, actually, the actual play time that I do it's quite small compared to other activities. Do you feel like you have a good? Are you part of a good guild? Or are you just going going it on yeah, your own? We have this like a tight group of friends uh, that we have played on private servers for quite a few years uh, on different uh, like classic DBC Wrath, and now when the, when the classic came, then we read it in that. So how here's I'm going to ask you this because I'm deeply into that too. Um, is how do you feel about the potential of Burning Crusade uh, being launched? on that do you want that or do you think that would just mess it up i want that i and i believe it's coming I, yeah i i love I, burning crusade so i wouldn't mind it but i understand the purists who are like this is what i wanted just keep it the way it is you can start another server um and allow us free transfers yeah but... i think i think i think blizzard will go to some kind of a middle ground like You'll have classic servers and you'll have DBC servers. And to be honest, why not have DBC and Wrather do do best expansions in WoW after which it all went down? Yeah, no kidding. I, I agree with that. I, I like the choice, especially if they go that way. So Lazar, what do you, what are you up to, man? Are you you playing some games? Well, I've been playing while we're at online gaming. Uh I've been playing way more Apex Legend. That I'm proud of. Actually, I, I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, yeah, I know the game. I haven't played it, but I, I'm very aware of it. Very competitive. Um, yeah, it's it's a battle royale that just, you know, it, it just has its. Uh, uh, what I like about it is that um, it just has its. You know, it's not a hyper realistic thing. It has its 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 a uh, like sci-fi. You know, fun fun sci-fi. Uh, charis charisma you know just just about you know the the whole game in general but you know the design the the aesthetics um and you know because i'm i'm not that keen on you know war warfare games in general but um but but i really like this one it uh, you know it's interwoven with stories and uh, um stories of the legends and the world itself and the lore uh, they give out. They give us small like stories from the Outlands kind of videos, cinematic videos, like every once in a while, and uh, it, it can be really engaging. Not just because of the really good gameplay, but you know because of the world itself that they are creating. Well, and I think um, this is just speaking from what I've read that 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 kind of approach from the developers is also making the community pretty fiercely committed. I feel like that's a community that if you're in it, you're, you're in it. If you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Hugely popular game. Yeah. Um, I've been uh, doing a little bit of stuff on the switch. I'm uh, playing dragon quest uh, 11 on the switch and I'm loving it. Um, it's working really good for me because of the turn-based play. I can kind of chill. And if I fall asleep while I'm playing, it's not a big deal. Um, so <laughs> I really like that game. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I'm a foreigner when it comes to the Dragon Quest series. I never really touched it or played with it. Um, and this was kind of a, 
on the recommendation of a friend. And so I decided to give it a try while I'm, I'm really kind of waiting on the switch side for, um, kingdoms of Amalur to come out on the switch, um, which is in March because I want to play through that again for like the third full time. Um, cause I'm a huge fan of that game. And, um, also, and this is, uh, Embarrassing to admit, I'm looking forward to um, Pioneers of Olive Town on the Switch, which is um, a very much a Stardew Valley kind of game, uh, Harvest Moon franchise kind of situation. But I love those games too. So I'm looking forward to that one. But um, that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been jumping into uh, Elder Scrolls Online occasionally. I'm still, I'm trying to get a little more active. I was really active in that uh, last year. Uh, big in the community, love playing that game. Um, st- just stepped away, um, and then I've mm-hmm. kind of dipped my foot back in that. I like that a lot. That's kind of my MMO fix right now. Um, some one of my friends tried to get me into uh, what's the new one, Skyforge or something like that. Um, <clears throat> it came out on the Switch. It's been on the PC for a while, but I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not as big a sci-fi junkie as I am a fantasy junkie, so. Staying away from that one for a little bit. That's what I'm up to. So um, we're here today to talk about romance in video games. Um, And I wanted to start the conversation with just going as about as general and as vague as we can get. And kind of, I I think from looking online, I've done a little research as to what developers are saying about the definition of romance, not just what the general community is saying, but what, what do developers think when they go to the design room and they're thinking of, romance in a video game what is their definition and basically what i've this is what i've found and this is a straight text from of all people bioware um and it is quote unquote romance is a strong personal bond between two or more people a romance uh is an instant or short but grows over a period of time and that was their definition um so i also know that there's another flip coin to that in that romance can be seen as making love versus having sex. And that's, those seem to be two different camps if we want to get really gratuitous about it in that um, you have love scenes in games where it is the result of flirtation, dialogue choices, uh, lots of uh, buildup over time into maybe this one culminating moment where you decide to make love or sleep with another character, if that's really what romance is, versus, you know, the hot coffee camp where you're just, you know, going at it um, and that's all there is to it. Um, and then there's there's also the, the whole other side, which has nothing to do with any sort of sexual relation whatsoever. And that is just really... Uh, rewarding relationships with another character in game, uh, whether that's an NPC or whether it's part of the story arc. Um, Those are kind of the general things that I found when I was doing my research. Just from your thoughts, what, what do you consider, what would be your definition of romance in a video game? Uh, What would you, if a developer came to you and said, okay, what you want romance in a game? Tell me what you're looking for. What do you, what do you guys think about that? I would probably uh, look for like both of these things that you just mentioned. The first, like both the profound relationship and the sex. If it uh, if it's casual, then you know it's also fine. But um, um, I think that 
romance in a video game as a, as a as a an association i think um that includes both both of these things and um yeah i would probably say to a developer that i would be looking forward uh you know getting to know all these interesting characters and then through them um um, I, I would be looking forward to the to, to the opportunity where we can advance this thing into something more uh, profound, even sexual. Right. If that has to be the case, yeah. Uh, Gingerino, what do you think of what? What's your definition of romance in a video game? What if you were going to define it for somebody who is asking? Uh, I, I mean, I guess it really depends on what game you're playing. As, um, some games have a very heavy emphasis on the narrative, and so I think it's really important to nail down those character relationships, whether it's you choosing a romantic partner or if it's just part of the story. I remember a long, long time ago when I played Final Fantasy X, I was heavily invested in the romance between Titus and Yuna. It's a big <laughs> one. That's a big one. That's still a lot of people talk about that one. Yes. Yeah, man. Like that. Like I haven't cried at a video game, but yeah. that one I was like, oh, man, it's totally tragic and sweet. Yeah, that's a good one. But then you have other games where the narrative is super important. And so the romantic option is almost like a mechanical choice or a gameplay choice or even just a role playing thing, you know, like um, I that's a good one. I I failed to think of one off the top of my head, but uh, let's say uh, Skyrim. You weren't really heavily invested into the romantic options in that game. It was mostly just, well, you can have a spouse and then you get money for it. Right. right. And, you get 100 gold a day, right? I think yeah. it was something like that. Yeah. And I thought Usually that was you perfectly... lose money. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was perfectly fitting because, you know, they weren't trying to put a huge emphasis on it. It was just a, something to help you out. Uh, with gaining currency. And so between those two games, I think that they did a good job for what they were going for. Yeah, I think it's a dangerous thing. I think, um, I don't know if you remember, but Skyrim caught a lot of crap for that um, uh, big time because of the whole um, marry and they stay home, they give you $100 a day and they give you a home cooked meal when you return. They caught a lot of crap for that. Um, and so as a developer, you have to be careful because you, even though, yes, it was a choice in Skyrim and yes, there were some really want memorable ones. I remember, uh, is it Serana, the one from Dawn Guard? She was like yes. witty and she had all this great dialogue and she was, she was really interesting. Um, and I really liked her, you know, I, I felt drawn to her versus what can usually happen in using your example for Skyrim is that. I could certainly use a hundred dollars a day. So I'm going to go marry somebody. I don't really care about the development of a relationship. <laughs> it's mechanical. It's like, I'm, I need the money. So I'm going to hitch with this woman or this, this person and see what happens. Yeah. So, those mechanics are weird. Yeah. It almost becomes, it almost flips it on its head in that instead of seeking the enrichment of a romantic relationship, it's, it's a checkbox. It's like, okay, I'm going to need to do this to get this. Yeah, it's right? just another side quest to fill in. I, I know that Skyrim did get a lot of flack for it, but honestly, I, I think I like it more just because, I mean, kind of given the aesthetic of a game like Skyrim or any of those medieval fantasy kind of aesthetics that they have going on, marriage back then was a lot more transactional. And 
you know, businessy than it is today in our contemporary society where it's mostly based on affection or shared ideals. That is a great point. And I think that's, that's the argument they should have used. I don't think they did. I don't think they were expecting mm -hmm. a backlash, but that's what they should have said. <laughs> well, that's something you could say for any game that like you could for Valhalla, which does have some romance in it. Um, I mean, you could certainly use that kind of argument and saying, look, we're, this is a historical situation or this is a, in this particular world, even if it's not a real history world, you can just argue that this is how it was defined there. That doesn't mean we're trying to replicate what's happening in modern society. So Kiwi, do you feel that romance is tacked on in video games? Do you look for it or is it uh, something that you don't really care about? It's something that I really don't care about and I'm not really looking forward to it. Um, I'd say uh, if you're looking for that in video games, I think I, I'm sure there are a lot of JRPGs that cater to your uh, needs. Um, I, uh, how would I put it? If you if you include it in the video games, I hope it's because it fits the story or or the character some, somewhat well, like a Witcher games. Um, but when we talk about like CRPGs or Fallout, Fallout games or such, uh, I think it's just an added mechanical thing. It's a kind of a coomer, coomer thing to, to have or do uh, if it's if there's really nothing uh, more deep to, to that just, than just to uh, do things that some NPC views uh, positively under there or willing to fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> do, do you think? Uh, do you think that they include it in uh, uh, in games like what you just said, just because it's kind of like a standard now to have romances in video games? I think. I think. Yeah. Like there are many games that have uh, romance options that are clearly not uh, needed. Like, like uh, the romance in Pillars, for example, is totally not needed. And sometimes mm -hmm. it just com comes at you not asking. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, true. If you're playing POE2 and you're somewhat benevolent character, uh, then just uh, it's just a matter of time until uh, almost every one of your party members uh, throws themselves at you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point because it, it being forced is a problem. I mean, you don't want any any sort of... I mean, it's a it's a it's a tough argument because if it is part of the story, like Kiwi's saying, if it's an integral part of the game, then that's one thing. But if it's not, if it's tacked on and then it's forced upon you, that can give it a bad name or, or turn people off. I think uh, to the whole idea of a romance or this is not why I came to play this game. Why are you forcing me to do it? Right? Mm -hmm. uh, I. Please go on. Sorry. I was going to say, I mean, at the same time, though, like if you're playing a role playing game and you're really trying to get into a character, not having the option for romance, like that's a huge part of a character's experience if that's something you're role playing. And so, you know, it is something that you do want to include because if, you, if that's missing for you, it's a huge piece that's missing. But you know, the problem is, is that it gets tacked on, especially when you're playing these characters that can be anybody. How do you? create this convincing romance between a character and an NPC when your character could be anybody. Yeah. True. Yeah. 
That's a good point. I, I think, I mean, this is just me looking back on playing. I tried to do a, a little a soul searching as far as what are some of the ones that impacted me or that I remembered jotted down a list. I'm just going to run through a couple and you guys can add your own or respond to any of these, but I kind of divided them into two areas. I felt like of what was alluded to earlier that romance can be part of the story or an integral part of the story, which, you know, it's one example. And then there's the romance in gameplay that is directly affecting the gameplay is directly affecting your characters, either your abilities, your stats, or possibly choices in the game and opening up new choices uh, in the branching stories. So I came up with a couple of them. There's one that popped in my head just because I think it's funny. Well, not really funny, but it's weird. Um, I don't know if you played Far Cry 3, but in Far Cry 3, there is uh, Jason and Citra. And Citra is looking to conceive the quote unquote perfect warrior um, with the hero, uh, meaning that basically she seduces the main hero into having sex with her so that she can procreate this perfect warrior. It's not really, it's interesting because it's not really necessarily erotic when it's happening. Um, it just, <laughs> I can't imagine. It just is, it's more, it just kind of drives the story forward. Uh, there's no direct benefits to the player. It just, it, it's just an interesting story choice and it's different. It's different in that it's not your traditional uh, romance. It's not really forced on Jason. I mean, I guess it is, but uh, definitely manipulation sex is what that is. There's no question about it. Um, there is the big one that everybody knows, and that is Witcher 3, and that's Geralt and Yennefer. And that's basically, there's a lot of going on there. There's a lot we could talk about. We could do a whole podcast on just romance in that game. But of course, there's the infamous scene of of him making love to her on this enormous stuffed unicorn after much kissing and foreplay. Again, just story and part of the story arc, um, but an iconic uh, relationship, no doubt. Um, you guys, I'm sure you played Witcher 3. Did you guys either get to that point or were you turned off by the whole foreplay between Geralt and Jennifer? And Jennifer? Uh, Jennifer is a bitch. Okay. I read the books and yeah, I got to ref I, I don't think I got to that point, but I got to reference at the start of the game when they talking they were talking about the unicorn at yeah at the very start. Yes, yes. Um it's it's an it's an interesting uh choice. Uh but definitely iconic. Another one, Mass Effect, I'm sure you guys have played some of those games. For me, Mass Effect 2 stuck out when you have Miranda, you choose to sleep with Miranda in Mass Effect 2, and this is after much flirtation. You have to make the right dialogue choices along the way, and that kind of presents this really slow burn romantic scene. And it is, uh, if you played the games and you encountered this point, undeniably memorable in that it is famous for its romantic scene. And at the time Mass Effect 2 came out, this was not something you would see, isn't it? You would not see this long drawn out romance. And uh, people were nuts about it because credit went to the dynamic performance of the character model for that. I think uh, Yvonne Strahovski, I think, um, she got a lot of press for that. Um, nominated for many awards for just because not just because of that scene, but because of the portrayal of the character. But it just 
is that it brings a whole nother part to this romance thing. And that if you have a character played by a character model, and that is that model drives what's happening in the scene, it makes it more humanistic, makes it more realistic, um, and less, I don't know how to say it, but some romantic scenes or some romantic interactions, even just simple kisses, are almost cringy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, yeah when, the, when their faces start to literally clip through each other, that might be a problem. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, another one, and this is another example of story, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They kind of throw the kitchen sink at you if you played this, and I, I, I double-checked my math online, and there's a total of 14 possible romance encounters you can have during your adventure. And that doesn't matter what gender you play, if you play Alexis or if you play... Um, uh, Cassandra was her name, um, who's obviously a better choice. She was awesome, but um, doesn't matter. You have all these choices that come to you um, and are thrown in front of you um, in many cases where you kind of have to engage in that conversation um, as as to whether that's going to become a romantic encounter for you. Um, you can't really bypass some of those. Uh, Final Fantasy, I'm sure you guys, you mentioned 10, but there's like, in Final Fantasy VII, there's the famous romance. In Final Fantasy VIII, with uh, what was their name, um, Squall and somebody else, or I can't remember. But that was a that was a famous one. So Final Fantasy is a big franchise for known for that, and I think that draws a lot of people in. Which is another thing I think deserves some discussion is that. <sighs> It's hard because we want games like Avowed to be successful. We don't want it to fail. We don't want it to be a commercial flop, right? I think we can all agree with that. We want it to be successful. But yeah. then you have then you have the whole issue of yeah, we want it to be successful. We want it to thrive. We we want DLC. We want this thing to expand and become its whole, you know, really kind of push the Aora, the world of Aora into mainstream a little bit maybe um whereas pillars of eternity did not do that i mean yes poe2 was successful popular but it is not mainstream at all um and the numbers show that but if they want avowed to reach that kind of level here's the question do they then have to include romance and more depth to that romance to make it happen. What, what would you think about that? Um, uh, about is going to be made by Obsidian. So uh, if you look at the previous game, Outer Worlds, do you think the game would have been better with romance? Um, I think it would have been better seller. Let's put it that way. I'm looking at it from a commercial standpoint. Do I think the game would have been better? No, I think the game was was fine the way it was. Um, it was a it was a good game, but um, did it uh, propel them into the stratosphere? No, not really. I watched a video uh, about Josh Sawyer uh, presenting for like an hour the other day about. Um, the new things they had to implement into PoE2 from PoE1. And he mentioned that uh, one of the biggest problems uh, during development that they had to 
make a big adjustment for is that the the, the Divinity 2, or, or I think Divinity 2 came out uh, while they were they, they did the development, and that game had full full voice uh, voiceover like the whole game, and then they realized that they have to do it as well if uh, if they don't want people to get mad and it, it resulted in a lot of, of work he said that you know it was by far uh, the most challenging part like time wise uh, in development and i think that uh, the implementation of romance might be something similar um if you know cr critiques critiques might uh, you know not, not just not just uh, critiques but also the the general public might like the game much better if uh, because i think that it's it's kind of a standard at this point to to have uh, romance in uh, in an rpg especially in a triple a title um, i think that it's it definitely to a certain extent it is definitely necessary to to have romance in the game if it, if it wants to break into the mainstream. So, Gingerino, what do you think from a commercial standpoint? Do you think that putting that stamp on there saying that it it's not necessarily going to be thrown at you or it's not necessarily going to be required, but this is there, it's going to exist, do you think that is beneficial or do you think they need to stick to their guns and kind of low-key it? Honestly, I don't. I don't know if romance in Avowed would particularly help it or hinder it. I know that for a lot of people, romance in a game is an attractive quality, like they like it in a game, but I don't think anyone is looking up Google searches of like games where I can get my romance on, and that's the only thing they're looking for. I mean, maybe there is, and you know, all power to you, but I, I think it's just one of those things that add flavor to the game. So I, I really don't think it'll make much of a difference either way. If it's not in there, people might have a hissy fit. Somebody will write an article online on how it's an atrocity, but really it's not going to make a huge splash either way. Unless they do something really special with it, if they do include it, that is way different than what other games have done. I would, I would, uh, I would counter that by saying that I think it depends on how much they lean into it. I think if it's tacked on a secondary then I agree with you 100%. It's it's not people aren't going to the game for that. There's no question about it. Um, I would though say that a, a more recent example that it can work in your favor would be um, Baldur's Gate three, and I feel like that that game's not even finished, and their numbers were staggering with what they sold. Basically, they were selling a beta version of the game. And the reason I mention that is because Romance, they had a, an entire, you can go on YouTube and watch it. They had an entire press event where they talked about Romance in the game. And that yeah, was all romance, they is, about. romance is huge in Baldur's Gate 3. Yes, I, um, you know, I, I just, I didn't even search for, for Baldur's Gate 3 on, on YouTube, but still the algorithm keep giving me, kept giving me, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 videos about romance options. And I know, I know all the, all the romance options in Baldur's Gate 3, even though I, I never really had an interest in the game. Yeah, the game, they, they put so much effort to that. And I don't, I think the romance in Baldur's Gate 3 is more carnal than anything else. And uh, 
and it and it's really coomerish, like really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose that yeah, like for I haven't looked into Baldur's Gate three's uh romance and what they're working on it, but yeah, if a game puts significant effort into that, then obviously it's going to be a selling feature. I guess I'm just used to most romances being tacked on, and that's kind of how I'm wondering if Avowed's going to be like that or not. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have I don't I have no idea what they're going to do. I would hope that they include it. I would hope they would lean into it. It's my personal opinion, um, but I have a whole nother spin on it. I want to throw at you guys. And we've kind of talked a little bit about romance as a part of the story. And I kind of divided this into two. And so we've talked about it, how it included it's in the story arc. But what we haven't talked about is how it has a direct impact on the actual gameplay. And I want to give you some examples. So, and you may or may not have played these games, but these are examples of where uh, those relationships actually affect the game in some in a very, very big way. Um, Persona 5 is one where they throw a lot of romance at you uh, pretty much all the way through. You get a lot of choices. It's, it is a big part, I would say, of that, of that franchise. I mean, just my opinion. I think, I think they lean into it a little bit, even to the extent where... Um, both the protagonist and uh, the character they romance, the dynamics of that relationship do influence personality in the game and do influence play a little bit in the game. Um, another one, which is bigger, and this is this was huge, was Fire Emblem Three Houses. I don't know when that one released a while ago, but they had courtship options. And basically, this was one where the courtship didn't happen Normally, it, it tended to happen during the heat of battle. Um, and what would happen is if you placed them closer together in battle, um, it would uh, there would be some interaction between the characters, but also that bond that develops sways the battle. It boosts uh, both of the character stats in the battle by doing that. Another one which is more recent would be like um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is an RPG that gives you direct stat bonuses to effect resistances, attack boosts, and much more after you successfully enter one of the four relationship choices throughout the game. Um, and then slightly on the more or less RPG side, I don't know, we've argued this before, I think it's an RPG, but would be like The Sims. The Sims franchise, basically, marriage is pretty much essential. Well, I mean, that's an argument you can have, but getting married has direct consequences, not only on choices and gameplay and what can happen down the road, but you double your income. You make managing your house easier with two people. It, it, it just, the gameplay changes because of this relationship that you fostered and that you've developed. Um, another one, Stardew Valley, which is uh, kind of along the lines of Animal Crossing type game, um, doesn't have as much impact, but it is an integral part of the gameplay. It, it is it is a reason people go to those games. I think it is a whole audience that is out there that maybe is being untapped to a certain extent. Um, but I think that. In Skyrim, we mentioned, of course, and that it does have an impact on gameplay. Not a huge one, albeit not big, but, you know, you get extra gold and your nice hot meal and uh, some companionship when you come home. But 
these are all ways that I think you cannot just tack it on as story, but you can make that that relationship have an effect, which brings us to pillars of eternity. And we've kind of touched on it a little bit. And that um, in pillars one, there really is no, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I remember correctly, there really is no romantic relationship in pillars one. I mean, there's no cut scenes, obviously. Uh, there's flirtatious dialogue, maybe. You you do have um, areas where uh, sex might be part of the discussion, but I don't think it was really until, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pillars 2, where relationships became a big deal. That's true. But in, in BOE 1, you can still go to public houses. Right. right. Uh, brothels, uh, right? We're yeah, in Pillar 1. Yes, and, yeah, they, and they... Okay. They have the uh, gameplay mechanic of giving you the special uh, resting boon. Uh, That's right. That's right. They do. But didn't they expand that in Pillars 2? I'm, I'm just trying to remember. It was called the Salty Mast. Was that the name of the brothel? It was in... Um, no, yeah, that's in the first game. Yeah, in the first game, Andra's Gift in Defiance Bay. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Master. That's right. And it did give you the the specific bonuses. Um, and then you had like the, the ground floor, I believe, was the bartender and some people, some dancers, but they had an upper floor and that's kind of where the stuff happened. And then you could um, sleep with a prostitute in the brothel and that would give you some additional stats. Am I correct in that? Anybody want to elaborate on that? It's, you get some additional stats for... Uh, that lasts for one rest and uh, uh, it stacks with other resting bonuses. Do you um, enjoy you that only, in the game? You, you only get to the player character only, but uh, I didn't use uh, it as a gameplay thing. I might have taken the boon once or twice, but not uh, to, uh, to a vast extent. It's right. pretty much just a fade to black kind of mechanic. You walk up, you do your, do you uh, give them the money? They do. They use their magical genitals on you, and boom! Now you have a plus two and something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was it was really unimpactful, but I mean, I don't think it was meant to be anything more than that. So, no, yeah, I agree with that. I think um, I do think they expanded like the relationships with companions. Obviously, was a big factor in Poe two. Um, and that as far as you could, you could go uh, to the character screen, uh, they have the reputations tab. Um, and, you know, these are all divided into uh, different things like, you know, we know about like being stoic, honest, passionate, clever, mm -hmm. benevolent, aggressive, those kind of things. Um, and that you could... Um, to a very small extent, granted, there's no, again, no romantic cutscenes or anything. Um, but the complex system of relationship does allow for some close bonds with companions in Pillars of Eternity 2, correct? Yeah, they have an entire relationship system. They, they got the dispositions like the ones you mentioned, being honest and uh, stoic or rational or clever. But there's also another system behind that where, you know, you could be pro aethasian or anti aethasian You could be racist. You could love animals. You could hate animals. There's a whole uh, background system there as well of things that characters liked and didn't like, and that would help increase your relationship to them. 
Yeah, and with with all this system, you would you would think that actually, you know, uh, the chances that someone might like you uh, is is actually not that high because there there are a lot of requirements that have have to be fulfilled. But then again, you know, as we've already talked about, you you you, you just uh, you just play the game, and then everyone, every companion, just throws themselves at you, kind of. Especially Takehu. That guy is super horny. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I noticed that you're breathing. Perhaps you would like to copulate today. Seriously. <laughs> but also, but just very awkward in the same instance. You know what I mean? Oh, very it, much. Yeah. And I think that's intentional, obviously, with the dialogue choices and things. So it for those who are who might be listening and who who are ready to jump into maybe uh, Pillars 2 and experience some of this. What would be, how would they do that? I said, this may not be your choice. This may not be the way you want to play, but if they wanted to uh, experience some of these boons or if they wanted to, not even the boons, but if they wanted to engage in some sort of what the best you could in Pillars to a romance, what do they have to do? Or can you explain uh, what, what they do as a character in, in game specifically to reach that? Um, let's see if I remember correctly, there are four characters that you can romance in Pillars 2, and it doesn't matter your character's gender or race. So Obsidian, I think they made that purposeful, cho purposeful choice to make it ambivalent. You can be any character and romance any of the four. Takehu and Jody are the male and female respective that are easier to romance. They pretty much, if you just play the game and you talk to them enough, at the end of it, you can romance them. And uh, the other two are Aloth and Maya. And they're a little bit harder to achieve that with. You got to be a little more purposeful, I think. I don't know. I never really pursued it, so I, I can't say. Yeah, but um, I, 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 At least Aloth uh, requires you to do the, uh, the quest involving the leaden key uh, factory, right. the whatever the quest name was, some masks, some quests. So, it, and it's not at the start of the game, so you're gonna have to wait a while. Um, so, I, I, I think, yeah, the the difference between this one and some of the others, and this is not something I really pursued when I played. Uh, except for what was maybe thrown in my path in some cases is there's no real specific way to do it. I think it's more that the way they built the dialogue branches, you, you, you have to do things that are kind of obvious in a relationship in real life. You have to talk to your partner, right? I mean, that's it's someone you want to talk to them. Um, when you're making decisions, you need to lean towards their opinion, right? You need to kind of ver validate, what they're saying in some but, in some respects. But actually not. That's not in real life, actually. <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. <laughs> well, I mean, you it's do have enough to... that you understand them. You don't have to agree. No, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. You're right. True. You just need to display that you don't have a set of ideals that are really counter to what they believe in. Like you can disagree for sure, but you know, if you start chopping animals' heads off, then you know, some of those characters are really not going to appreciate that, and you're not going to be able to romance them because of you're that kind of person in their mind. Right. And I think as far as 
your experiences in playing with Pillars of Eternity, if you've played any of the games, listeners, it's really about uh, entertaining those romantic dialogue choices. It's, it's not because I believe, and I don't know this for sure because I'm not a coder, but I would assume if you choose, you make choices that maybe cut them off or disagree with them, I think it might lock you out of some choices down the road um, in the game. So you definitely want to go into it knowledgeable that this is something you want to pursue um, with your choices. Also, completing companions missions is a big, big part of it, obviously. Um, if this is the one you want to quote unquote romance, um, you want to complete the companion mission to make sure that, again, it's it's a little bit of it kind of leans into the whole pay attention to them. Uh, generality, very vague generality, of course, but give them your attention, listen to what they're saying, talk to them. Um, uh, when you're making decisions, kind of lean their way. When they say they want to do something, you know, maybe say yes to it and see what happens, you know, and see. But again, this is in most cases. And from my experience, we're talking flirtation. We're talking <clears throat> as far as I know, eh, there is no wedding in Pillars of Eternity. There is no uh, I've never experienced a wedding aisle. I've never, they're not leaning into it in that way. This is more, I mean, yes, some of the dialogue can get serious, um, uh, but mostly flirtatious. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Jody gets a little gushy, which personally I like, I like the, the ooey gooey stuff, but she gets a little <laughs> gushy towards you uh, depending on what you say to her. Yeah. And I think, I think people look, I do feel like, that is reaching a particular audience. I like you just said you like it, and yes, there's people who don't like it. I think it's a, a legitimate, yeah, um, legitimate option. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think Dragon Age Origins was the first game I played where I where I could romance people, and then when I I found out that it's possible i actually started uh saving the game before every before I, I went to talk to the the character whom i wanted to romance because i i figured out that it's really important what i'm telling uh or what, what i'm saying to them and uh you know if i if i ended up uh you know with minus approval after the after the the encounter, after the chat, I would reload the game and then try another, try some, try to say something else. Yeah, um, and you know, I just remember being, um, you, you know, it kind of gives you. Uh, I I don't want to say a sense of achievement, <laughs> but uh, but but I, but uh, it, it's definitely you know something very positive when you. You, you feel like the character that you're trying to advance on uh, is also kind of showing, like, of course, through the programming, programming of the de developers, showing that, you know, um, they're also affectionate towards you. Yeah. And I, again, I don't feel like it's something that they, I mean, I think it's great that it's there. I don't feel like at that stage of their development, Obsidian was looking at it as, a, a key even a key side thing i mean I, it is there it's like you said with uh the development of poe2 that the interview you saw um with josh is that maybe they they kind of had to lean into it a little more than they were planning on 
um, possibly, because I know in Divinity uh, there was some uh, romance, although it's been a while and I can't really remember back to what that was or how integral it was in that game. I know it was there. Um, I, you mentioned um, a Bioware game. I think if you're going to look back at the golden age of Bioware, golden, Bioware, in my opinion, was the king of romance uh, back in the day. You're talking about games like Dragon Age, which you mentioned, um, yeah. Knights of the yeah. Old Republic, Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are huge franchises, and those franchises were popular because they were great games, but they also catered to multiple audiences. Yeah, probably they were the ones who who set the standard for romance in a in a, a role playing game. Although, you know, they set a lot of standards, not just you know romance, but the uh, you know other aspects of of a role playing game. Definitely, at, at least you know in Western RPGs. But uh, but yeah, they 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 actually might have been the one who. Uh, you know, whom like a game devel as an RPG game developer, you, you have to account for for implementing romance in your game. Since then, well, in Bioware, yeah. they did that. Uh, was it Star Wars? What was the Star Wars game they did? The title of it, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, or I guess it was Knights of the Old Republic. I was picturing Obsidian for that. Oh no, they did the second one. Anyway, sorry, the Bioware Star Wars game. You get to pick between uh, different companions, and that like you can have relationships with them. And they introduced the choice of it, where you can choose to the romantic partner who's on the light side of the force, and then you can yes. choose the romantic partner on the dark side. Yeah, and they, if, I don't know whether, um, I don't know how high up those decisions were made. Like this is before Bioware's great, uh, great fall from grace, which is still falling, evidently. Um, you know, but. Uh, there's, I don't know if you guys heard, there's more coming to light about development of Andromeda and choices that were made behind the scenes before that release. And that, that company is a disaster, but I'm rooting for them because I am a fan of the old games. I'm a fan of what they used to develop. Um, I'm, I'm a, uh, what was the one they, the Anthem? Didn't they do Anthem? Is that them? Yes, they That's did. Them. And it was, just as disastrous if not more disastrous than andromeda yeah so they 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 just keep tripping over themselves but i think and this is a bold statement i think part of the reason that those games were so popular is number one the stories were strong and number two the stories included enough for all audiences there was battle there was war there was there was politics there was religion but there was romance and it was there and it was intentional. It, it wasn't, I don't feel like it was tacked on. I mean, it couldn't have been tacked on. Look at all the stuff in those content in those games. Those were, uh, those character model choices, um, you know, that, that's a big deal. That's definitely, we talked about um, Miranda and Mass Effect 2. I mean, that, that, that was intentional. So I think that leans, gives them a chance to sell more copies. Not that this is all about selling but makes the franchise longer and more successful in the long run is kind of what I'm getting to. And that's of course, just my opinion uh, whether I like it or not, I think it is critical. Uh, now I do have a concern I'm going to throw out there and get your opinions on probably not a popular opinion. Um, but pillars of eternity got some 
kickback for the brothels. Um, what are your thought about that and how that is handled in the game and how the selling of, well, kind of the selling of sex to get benefits, um, do you feel like that is a, a an okay thing to have in a game, a mature game? Do you think that's fine and people just need to relax and move on? Or do you think it presents to a younger audience who's playing the game something that we don't want to encourage? Just curious of your personal opinions of that. I mean, um, you know, the, in, in the game, you also have to kill people to, in order to advance in the game. So, you know, that's also another aspect that is questionable, you know, in order to gain an advantage, you know, to gain experience and to level up and stuff like that. So, um, although, you know, it's, it's different because it's an integral part of, a, of, a, of an RPG, you know, it's, it's combat based and you're going to kill, you're going to kill people. But um, overall, I would say that, um, yes, people just need to re relax a bit. Um, if, 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 if you're worried about um, giving a, a bad ex or setting a, a bad example for the next generation, for example, that, that you know, um, um, I, feel, I feel like that the impact of it on the next generation uh, is, re is rather positive because uh, it, it just let, lets them, um, you know, getting to know the world. They are also part of a bit better because, you know, in real life there are also prostitutes. Although it's, it's you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's tinfoil head, and you know, it's a bit stretching it. But uh, I have, that's my, and that's my opinion. Yeah, you're not doing any favors by hiding that content. I mean, they're going, they're trying to build a world. And that's part of it. I mean, realistically speaking, those kind of things exist. It, they probably exist more often than you see, to be honest, in Pillars of Eternity. So the fact that you only can find one or two places is, you know, a little low. It should have done, you know what they should have done? If they didn't want people to be upset about having uh, benefits to sleeping with prostitutes, they should have had a random chance that you could have caught a disease or something. <laughs> oh, I love that. What a great idea. That is an amazing idea. We need to sell that to them. Oh, man. Someone I, type up the email on. now. Let's go. Oh, here it comes. Yeah, I can imagine. Kiwi, you were saying something? Yeah, I think um, when I know, usually the uh, RPGs that I play or people play usually, it's a fantasy. And in fantasy, not all rules apply. And, you know, it's a fantasy, so it doesn't have to have real well implications so true i i think that well especially when it comes to like let's say uh fiction literature people nowadays want to see something that uh somehow connects with them personally uh, or have their views on the world uh, represented uh, which i i think it's not a good way to go about it as, as if something is like high, high fantasy or fantasy it's going to be different and it's going to be somewhat alien and uh, it's not the real world i would agree with you and I, I actually i i would take the side of saying that um the 
I want a mature game. I like mature games. I, I don't necessarily think a game needs to cater to everyone. Uh, so counter to what I've kind of been arguing as a devil's advocate, I don't think a game has to appeal to everybody. Um, I do think a game needs to have a sense of identity. I think it needs to know itself and it needs to be intentional about that. I think that there needs to be an awareness of this world that you've created and that it is a fantasy world and that it you make a choice, but stick with that choice and, and be lean into that choice. For me, the best part of mature games has always been moral dilemmas and not that prostitution is a moral dilemma. I mean, I guess it is, but I feel like you give the player the choice. You don't force them into anything. Um, they then make those decisions. Um, now, where the, the issue happens is if those consequences are political or uh, opinionated in nature, then people can be frustrated or upset. You know, if, if for example, taking the one that you mentioned of, of getting a disease, you know, if, if they slept with one, then you give them some sort of negative effect. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you're, you're making decisions maybe for the player at that point, but aren't you always, it's very, very hard for me to. <laughs> well, you know, if you did that, they would be like, oh, you're being sex shaming, you know, like someone's always going to be upset. Um, Obsidian usually likes to make games where you can like, Ultra worlds that you can kill any NPC. Like you can use this if they make about in the same way. I hope they do. That if you don't like something in the world, uh, they get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I you just I, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I like that choice. You know, I like to have that. It's not may, may not be a choice I make, but it shows depth in programming. It shows depth in world building that you allow things like that to happen. Uh, I would even love, I, I don't know if you guys remember uh, EverQuest uh, was going to come out with, I forgot the name of the the game they were going to release. Um, it was after EverQuest 2. It was supposed to be EverQuest Alive. I don't remember the name. But basically the concept behind the new MMO was that um, this is a world with choices um, and things that you can do, and those remain. Um, how they would have implemented that, I don't know. One of the examples was if you go looking for the resource of wood and you chop down a tree, um, for the next player, that tree does not respawn. That tree is chopped down and stays that way. Um, how does this relate to romance? I don't really know, but I think just having choices have an impact and that impact on the game um, is what I look for. And I think even with a romance having an impact, I'm not opposed to giving you boosts and stats. I think that's, that makes kind of sense. And, but I also think you need to counter that and think about, well, what are we doing for the players that, that don't choose that path that aren't going to enter in a relationship? How can they also get something equivalent to that by making other choices? Does that make any sense? Yeah, you're basic. You're right. If, people don't pursue these romantic options in games, they're kind of barred from getting the benefits of them. Yeah, you make the choice for them. You know, you, you either do it and you get it, or you don't and you don't. Um, there is no other option. And again, that makes the game comp incredibly complex and incredibly hard to program, I get it. 
and that's asking way too much. I get that as well, but why not ask too much would be my response. So now, um, I, you know what they're going to do? Avowed's going to start up and they're going to be like, all right, so your character is a eunuch and now go from there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Let's just Problem start. Yeah, called. blank slate. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, so jumping ahead, um, we, we already kind of touched on it a little bit, but if you were given the situation, if they are actually out there listening, who knows if they're listening to us. Um, but uh, if if one of them is listening, what would you say to them? And this is a personal, I'm not looking for you to take a political stance, but you as a player, what do you want in relation to uh, romance and relationships in Avowed? And if you don't want anything, then just tell me that. Gingerino, what do you want? Um, I would say if they're going to do romance in Avowed, I, I do I don't want it to just be, you know, something that they're putting in there because it's 2021 and you have to do it. Like, if it's not something that you as a, a development studio want to put in the game, then just stand your ground and be like, oh, we're not putting it in because we can put those energies elsewhere. And if you do put it in, you know, have it have an impact on the world or the relation, whatever the main thing that the character is engaging with. If it's the relationships between NPCs, then have an impact that. If it's just about gameplay mechanics, have an impact that. But if it's a romantic relationship, which is arguably one of the biggest relationships any character can go through, it should have some impact to the game's main systems, I would say. That's, yeah. Okay, that's good. Kiwi, what, what would you say to them? They're sitting across the table. And, All right, what, what about this romance thing? What do you want? Uh... You you had uh, brothels in Poe, so make them in award also. <laughs> I mean, you, you have you have though you have those in every, like every big CRPG title, and the things that those places have they are actually very interest interesting. Uh, if you, for example, the the one in Planescape Torment, uh, the, the this intellectual it's very uh, interesting uh, that you go there to have intellectual discourse oh i love that yeah I at love least that. one at least one one of the one of the uh workers there was one of that kind of a uh uh worker and you can actually have her as a companion she's a chaste succubus yeah, that that that's a cool option. I love that. Um, Lazar, what would you say to them? They're sitting across the table. They're they're listening. What are you going to tell them? What do you want? Okay, okay. So, um, you know, like um, the world of Eora is a really well established, you know, fantasy world. You, you, you can, you know, fantasy is usually 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 provides you with a comparison to the real world, as we've talked about it uh, before. Uh, in other podcast podcasts as well, um, you know, you, you have a chance to reflect and mirror, uh, you know, real time power mechanisms and uh, economics and uh, you know all, all kinds of things. And you know, if you can just uh, um, use romance to to as one aspect that you can that you use to to do the same thing as in uh um uh i i don't know what exactly am i am i thinking 
but um I, I think that that could be uh, uh, like a fruitful ground for you know again uh, uh, using fantasy uh, what it is as in you know making a comparison and like a, a metaphor for real real world uh, happenings and uh, mechanisms. Yeah. Okay. I, I would I would say to you, Obsidian. This is just for me personally. I want romance and I want you to lean into it. And I want brothels as well. <laughs> I want uh, the ability to make the decision and the choice myself. And for those choices to have an impact on gameplay, not just story. Um, I don't know if Avowed's going to have cutscenes. I assume that they will. If they're trying to do a AAA title in modern the modern world, they're, they're going to have some cutscenes. Um, I would want there to be depth to the romance if I choose to take it, but I'm also not opposed to the other option, the GTA option of, you know, Hey, there's, there's a brothel. Let me go boost my uh, abilities for a day. Um, I'm okay with that as well. I want both. I want the choice for both and I want both to be fleshed out. I would rather have a game like that, that takes another year to develop um, because you have competition out there, Obsidian. And as much as, you're part of Microsoft now, and, and there's no real huge threat to making enormous sales number to keep yourself afloat. Um, I feel like for this world of Aora to be as prominent as, as I want it to be, um, you need to try to include things for multiple audiences. Look, it's no mistake why games like GTA are successful. Sex sells and violence sells, we get it. But the other side sells as well. Look at things like Stardew Valley. Look at the uh, one of the number one best-selling games of the past year, Animal Crossing, which allows for uh, these interpersonal relationships. This doesn't have to be romance. This doesn't have to be making love. This is a bond that you create. I think a great example for me was um, mentioned earlier, and that was kind of what happens in uh, fire emblem where you know you have this bond you you get closer together in battle and it maybe it has an effect i think things like that are really cool i really like when there's thought put into how this can benefit gameplay not just uh story-wise but has an effect on the game that's what i would want to see obviously i'm pie in the skying it and i'm going to get what i get um but i am i am seriously concerned i want this game to be successful the competition is fierce and it gets harder every day. And just because your name's Obsidian and just because you have Microsoft money doesn't mean you're gonna be. I mean, let's look at some recent examples of franchises that had the best PR beforehand and the best hype and now have dug themselves a hole and people are running from you and your studio now because you made these poor choices and because you were a little too cocky. So listen to people, think about your audience, um, make a game that's going to sell and sell pretty well, but don't sacrifice the world too much because it is a great world. It's a good fantasy world, but I think we need more than a brothel. I think we need more than pay for sex and I get these benefits. I think you're a much more mature company. I think you need to give more mature options. That's just my take on it. Um, if I'm sitting across the table from them, though, I'm sure the hate mail will flow in uh, and that's fine. Everybody has their opinion. Um, so I wanted to end. 
Yeah, go ahead. What what was it, Gingerina? But if you do have a brothel, you know, have some fun. Uh, put a Vithrak in there. Oh, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> it's all in the mind. It really is. Wow, yes. Uh, that's a good point and a good way to end the conversation. So um, thanks for your opinions on the romance today, guys, and for talking about it. I do have a couple of emails um, that I'm going to throw at you, and you can just uh, tell me uh, what your thoughts are. Um, these are gameplay strategy emails. Um, one is from uh, Arietto. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name there. Um, basically, what they're asking is, is I'm looking for a build and a party composition uh, that keeps micromanagement to the lowest levels possible while still being competitive. Um, do you have any suggestions? Uh, he doesn't particularly say whether this is for POE one or two. Um, you guys have any feedback on that? Do you can you think of a particular party composition that you would might recommend that would keep micromanagement because that that can be an issue uh, in Pillars of Eternity to a minimum and still be successful and competitive. Okay. I mean, passive classes. So give me some examples. What do you when you say uh, passive? Like take take fight. You need like like a fighter, a chanter, uh, you know. Priest is very micro-intensive. Mage can be also. Maybe have a Paladin fighter, Chanter at least. Think Ranger also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The. Yeah, I mean, I think all of those are good suggestions. Um, yeah. Anything that's going to give you any sort of passive uh, ability or chant, I think, is going to help and help you kill stuff, right? And it's going to yeah. be beneficial for less micromanagement. Uh, yeah, it depends, of course, on the composition and enemies. But I, I'd say you you still want to have some some character that you micromanage to make some big big plays like priest or mage or druid. Like the other ones can be uh, like these uh, melee or range DPS with auto attack, but the, you you want to have some. Uh, high impact spells also they are crucial uh, in higher difficulties um good all good this is from cyber slayer and cyber slayer says i just finished pillars of eternity 2 uh i have played the baldur's game Ga baldur's gate games um is there any other modern game that has a similar play style to pillars of eternity 2 that you would recommend one <laughs> okay. Uh, tyranny is another obsidian. Oh, game. tyranny! Yes, I always forget about tyranny. Yeah, and that it was, was just on one. sale on Steam a little while ago. Mm -hmm. It's a good one, man. It, lean into the evil side of that one too. I mean, it's fun to try to play a good character, but just when did that come world. out? Uh, do you know the date on that one? I don't know exactly. It is between Pillars One and two. Deadfire. Okay, yeah. So. Like Kiwi, a, what you were you were you were shouting out something. Do you have a suggestion? Yeah. Yes, BOE one. BOE one. There you go. Um, go back to the original, the classic. Um, Lazar, you have any thoughts on maybe an isometric game that you played that 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 gives you that same feel? Uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> There's not a lot. 
when you yeah, there, there's not a lot. Uh, I can't <laughs> think of any other game. Maybe you know, I can think of turn-based games, but you know, that's not the same. Are yeah, they looking I think for real time well, with pause, or does it matter if it's turn-based? Uh, that's a, not included in his yeah. statement. So I, I'd say explore, explore the games. Also, like go, go try Planescape Tournament. Go try BOE One and. What was the Estonian game again? There's also the Divinity games. Uh, oh, the Divinity. Yep, yeah, Divinity. I think Divinity is a good suggestion for a modern Disco, one. Disco Elysium. Other oh, good yeah. choice. We've mentioned that before. That's another excellent... Uh, Pathfinder. Pathfinder, which Path I haven't played that one. But I've heard it's good. So there's some excellent choices for you, Cyber Slayer. So go out, spend your money, and enjoy. And... Um, of course, we know Avowed is is not well. We, I mean, I assume we know Avowed is not going to be isometric, right? Yeah, so Shadowrun, Never Winter Nights, Never Winter Nights, classic. Yep. Satellite still, Rain. Still, people play that game. Quite a quite a lot of people play that game. Uh, if you look on the Steam numbers, uh, quite a bit. Fallout One and Two. Yeah, I think you, the problem is they just. Doesn't seem to be okay. a whole lot of modern one, yeah. you know, like in the yeah. last year. Yeah, if, I don't know if if you really want to see play the one that really made CRPGs modern again. It's BOE one. It's like it's the one. It it has the good aspects of the old ones and brings some new stuff, like at least at least engine and graphics. You're yeah. a fan. Yes, like yeah, he's a lover of Poe One. I don't blame him. Good game, definitely. Like, like it, it combines Icewind Dale, the the action and combat of Icewind Dale, and it it has the uh, text heavy stuff of Landscape Torment, and it also has a, a good plot and some interesting characters like Baldur's Gate games. Yeah. All good choices. I think you're now your plate is full, so you can go go buy any one of those, and I think, be especially if you like that kind of style of play, um, you'll you'll be pleased. Um, so that that pretty much is us concludes us for the day. I want to give a chance for any of you guys to give a shout out if you are uh, on Reddit or anywhere where you want people to be able to contact you. Um, now's your chance, Gingerino. I know you've got stuff going on. Tell me <laughs> tell me where they can find you. Yeah, so if anybody out there is interested in diving into the lore of the Pillars of Eternity games or Avowed's game world Aora, I have a lore-based podcast going, which you can find on Google, Spotify, Apple, all the main ones. It's called The World of Aora. Aora spelled E-O-R-A, for those who aren't sure. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at World of Aora, or find me on Reddit with the username Gingerino. Excellent. Good podcast. Highly recommend. Your work is astounding, dude. Keep it up. Very good. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Um, anyone else want to shout out? Uh, Kiwi, you don't want people to find you, right? Stick and Roy. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of the podcast every time is yes. when he's like, don't talk to me. Yeah, I don't want to hear <laughs> from you. Um, Lazar, are you on anywhere, Reddit or anywhere you want to give, uh, give information out? Uh, 
No, I, I don't do content. No worries. No worries. Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, obviously, Avowcast. We have at Avowcast for Twitter. And we have our email, which is Avowcast at gmail.com. Um, and we appreciate all the emails you guys have been sending us, um, listeners, and we're growing in our listener base. We really are excited about that. And, um, you know, contact us. Let us know if you want to submit uh, questions or even if you want to give us your own audio content or fan art, we'll take it all. So um, we're just trying to grow the community. And thank you guys for sitting with me today. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot just by talking with you today about about this topic. It's definitely interesting and it's something we are totally in the dark as far as avowed. We really don't know unless they just stick with what's with pillars, you know, which will be, uh, you know, the brothels. We don't really know if that's something and we probably won't know for a while if that's on their agenda per se. Um, but thanks for joining me today. Uh, everybody have a great couple of weeks and we'll be back with another podcast probably next month. Um, thanks for listening. Oh, that was oh, not quite what I had in mind. Uh, suppose it's not meant to be. Thank you again for listening to Avowedcast, and thank you for being part of this amazing community that we're trying to develop and grow here. Uh, remember, Avowedcast is your podcast. Um, everybody on this podcast are just simply fans like me. Um, if you're interested in being a part of one of these recordings, you can email us at avowedcast uh, at gmail.com. Um, you can do a shout out on Twitter. We're at avowedcast. Um, or just head to our website, avowedcast.com. There's lots of ways you can get involved. Um, we're going to leave you today like we always leave you with the amazing musical genius of Justin Bell. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Enjoy.